Welcome to Lat B, the only podcast that comes with a free bandits bonus. Lat B, where MMA and UFC get silly. This is the Lat B Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 216. We're coming here with the morning after. What a wonderful show we had on this weekend. Combat sports in general was off of the chain. I mean, it was constant streaming in the Twitterverse nonstop. We're going to go back into that. We're going to break down what happened at weigh-ins, pre-weigh-ins, tell you how our cards went down before we get into all that. Cheney, how have you been? How was your fight night? How did it live up to out of Over South Carolina? 50%. I like that. I like that. Always winning. Six of 11 is what I ended up with my UFC uh, Even Greensville. More than even? No, I'm with me here. Oh, even with you. We both okay. got six of well, 11. that's good for me. So. If I even with you, that's good for me. But we were, <laughs> and we didn't have too many of the same picks. No, we did so not. So that's pretty interesting. Um, it was all right. I think you really liked the car. We were discussing it earlier, and I felt like it was a C. I enjoyed myself. A, a low B. Low B. I, but I was, eh. And then I was having... Uh, sitting and chewing on it why do I feel this way about it and maybe there was a couple of finishes that were too fast so then you had to sit around and wait longer so it might not have been the cards fault it was just some fast fast finishes well we did have the start time start an entire half an hour behind because guess what guess what John Lineker fell out of another fight again didn't even make it to Wayne's he ended up getting cut the night before and having to go to the doctor to get it glued up and guess what he couldn't fight. Do you believe this? I don't understand. And I think it was you that was showing me John Lineker's fight record of how many fights he's fallen out of of recent. And that's unbelievable. I don't understand what's going on with that. Are they just having him sign on to fatten the meat of the card with no intentions of him ever fighting? Or is he actually falling out because he has no idea how to cut weight? I think there is definitely a lack of discipline. I don't know if it's not knowing how to cut weight because he does. It's just, hey, that tarabasu looks awful good on Tuesday. And all of a sudden, you're five pounds, eight pounds overweight. And you understand that you only got 12 hours in. You're already maxing out. John Lineker, here's Latby Conspiracy coming right at you out of the gate. John Lineker tends to have trouble making weight even when he has a full eight weeks. Now he just came off of a tough fight that he lost and he's trying to get a fight within, what, 15 days notice? Be a step in. Wasn't making weight. Not only does it not make sense that he was sparring that hard to just get the pounds off, you should be on a bike. You Like, why is your face getting cut 12 hours before a fight? Doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. So to me, it's a ruse. It's so that he doesn't have to have uh, the fans and or the boss say, dude, you can't make 135? Again? 135, you can't make it. You already moved up from 25. And he's just like, oh, no, no, it was a cut. Dirty ass lapping. he's kind of a guy like Wynn where he can't go up any higher. Like, he's just too short for that. He's only two inches shorter than Wynn. (laughs) Technically. I'm just saying. uh, He's got a couple weight classes. That's so funny. That's so funny. So, Barry and Wynn debuting, but we'll end up getting there. But I'll even get even dirtier. I'll say that cut might have been a little WWE. Might have been a little bit of, hey, guys, you got a razor because I got eight pounds and I, I got to have another this. excuse. So the, the cut just, so who's sparring with him that hard beforehand? And whoever is, maybe he doesn't know how to freaking, again, as you're saying, cut weight because that's 
that doesn't make sense. Who elbowed him? Right? Tony Ferguson was back in it. He opened his locker and Tony pops out. Yeah. He's like, did you eat my last term of soup? <laughs> yeah, I was telling you too before fights. I went um, and I played a little golden tea. Ooh. I was at the bar on Saturday and it was kind of cool to look up and they were working up uh, Holly Holm versus Amanda Nunes. Uh, UFC 239, I think it is. Maybe it's 240. 239 or 240, whatever one it's at. The John Jones fight card. Uh, 239. Um, it was really cool, me as just a female, and then also me as a fight fan, uh, to ha- watch this half hour long where they actually showed the full Shevchenko fight with Holly Holm Shevchenko. Uh, and then Shevchenko is kind of the link between the two women, if right. you... Uh, play it out and, the MMA math yeah and it was fu- also fun hearing people that don't know anything about the sport <laughs> talk about um I would I would totally take a kick from Holly Holm but never I would never take a kick from Anderson Silva and I was like to you they'd be the same you'd be waking up off the ground for both those people <laughs> 100% correct so you were what you were at a bar ended up seeing this on the televised ESPN now that Dana's officially come out and said hey all you uh, schmoes out there that think that we're doing bad on Fight Pass, our numbers have been better than they ever have because just the amount of eyes on the sport with this ESPN deal is bigger. And as you're saying, Fox Sports is a more of a contract, tends to be a football kind of channel. ESPN is sports. It's sports, sports, yeah. sports. doesn't matter what it is. It's sports it's synonymous here in the States. So working out well for UFC. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good interviews. UFC's breaking boundaries. Did you end up catching any of the, they weren't embedded, but it was history. UFC's been putting out stuff every day consistently of like the the coming of Conor McGregor, how the UFC deal was made, uh, how it was three sold. Three men, three whatever. I watched all those. <laughs> I am trash. I'm upset with myself, but no, I'm like you've Dana been watching from the Tina. beginning. Yeah. You've been watching since episode one. It'd be so silly if you just missed these things. True, you know? true, true. But it did make me, uh, there was, I talked about it, I feel like, before they had one about USADA, the history of USADA in the UFC, uh-huh. right? Yeah, you <sighs> said it last episode, I think. So they're coming out with more stuff like that, but Dana White, four billion, the interesting side back stuff. I love that Dana White's like, I don't give a fuck about these companies that didn't want to make a deal with us, and he's like, I'll say it, Showtime, fuck Showtime. I'm like, oh, that kind of why I love Dana White at times. Like you're drunk. He's not uncle. ever worried about burning a bridge. He's uh, like, whatever, bridges smidgens. A hundred percent agreed, and they're never really burned at that level. I feel like you get a big enough name out there, all those Showtime people will be like, okay. Uh, that used to be Dave, old management. We got new management now. And he's like... Because the only real thing bridges are made of is money. That's thank all. Thank you. Really, it's like, <laughs> as long as the money's big enough, we can build another bridge. <laughs> so they estimated the sale was 4.2. Not estimated the sale. It was $4.2 billion, But they're estimating within about three years now since that sale, the UFC is roughly estimated for over $10 billion. Already. Already. So that 4.2 paid... And they, are, and they still got heavy-duty pay-per-views on the way. We got John Jones right around the corner. We got Habib, Tony. We got... And we don't whoa. even... Like, Connor is just barely in the... Pff. Who's that guy? Pff. Yeah. Who the fuck is that guy? I feel like the biggest... <laughs> well, Did I can't. Did you end up watching the Bellator fight? No. I ended up catching bits and pieces of it. And I would say Bellator did make history for the first time ever over the weekend. It was the first illegal... Anus, <laughs> anus jab, anus <laughs> oil check. What was it? anus jab? He ended up toe punting 
his opponent right in the butthole had a point taken. Uh, what anus gouging? That's what I wanted to call it. He was gouging the anus. <laughs> That's what she said. Or he said. Depends on what kind of kiki. It depends on how you like to party. Okay. But either okay. way, Robin Brown, Robin Prostate Black. massage isn't gay. And that was not a massage. If though. God didn't want it massaged, he wouldn't have put it there. <laughs> <laughs> but this wasn't a massage. That was so an assault. Creepy. It wasn't. The interesting thing is, it was directed. You could see the fighter on top. I couldn't give you the names of the guys, but he literally just like he's punting for a field goal, and you see the big toe disappear. Oh, no. <laughs> and I fu- mean, a big toe. It seems like it is what it is, but most likely the chances that it went right in the good spot is slim and nil. I, I've been oil checked before. And if you grab it around if there or push it around, it, exactly. No, it's but, a bruise. No, but I even mean like the chances of it actually, not that there's a good spot, but the chance that it actually even going directly in the hole where it's not to the side. <laughs> if it's a hole in one. Or, yeah, the chance of it being nothing but net, <laughs> yeah. slim and nil. But even if it hits around though, the no, bruise. No, that's what I, I think ah, it's even worse if yeah. it hits like around it than if it goes directly oh, clear in. Road rash on your butthole. Oh my think gosh. <laughs> All the way around. No pun intended. <laughs> All the way around. So that was pretty entertaining, but there was other bouts. Musasi, Musasi yeah, officially lost against Junior Lovato, the BJJ stylist. In there again, I didn't watch the fight. I know it was a five rounder. Couldn't tell you. I know Gallagher fought. I don't know whether he won or lost because don't care. Ended up watching a UFC SPN. The guy that that hates watermelons. Just kidding. That's Ben Askren, isn't it? No. <laughs> I was talking about Gallagher, the comedian. Isn't oh, that yeah. That's right. That is. The, he's That's still silly. smashing those watermelons, isn't he? I feel like there's like a couple members of the family that are all doing it. And like the main Gallagher that started, the brother stole the act. And then wow. he sued his brother. Or somebody I've else stole the act. And he let his brother go around and do the act. So there was two Gallaghers. And they like split money. Like the, like the buffers. Right. They were like the buffers of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I like tying it back into UFC yeah. there. Yeah. I like that. So Gallagher, find something else to do. <laughs> Be shop it up. Get some new material. <laughs> <laughs> All the way back around. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we had Musasi losing a five-rounder in there against Lovato Jr. I know a lot of people, I didn't watch the fight, but a lot of sharp minds that Jimmy I follow Lovato on Twitter. Lovato Jr.? Her cousin, I think, Greg Lovato. Uh, no, I'm totally. <laughs> but uh, a lot of sharps on there scored the fight for Musasi. So a lot of fans I saw were actually like, whoa, he knocked him down. And there was a gif I saw where Lovato was almost knocked out, borderline knocked out in there uh, out of both of the fighters. But Bellator, ugh, it's rough in there. They got they got some fun prospects, but they've always been, again, the redheaded chep- stepchild to our Big grandfather UFC here. The big brother of them all. Running the show. We ended up going to South Carolina. Having the debut for Darian Wynn. He ended up getting put to the bottom of the card. Because we again had Lineker versus Robbie Font fall out on that fight. So it made it an 11 card bout. Darian Wynn came in against Eric Spicely. In a fight of the night. They officially won it. And hell fucking yeah they won it. Those dudes scrapped in there. Really scrapped. It was a fun fight. First time we saw him in there. We haven't really seen him channel that much. 
uh, challenged that much as far as MMA. First time he's ever been rocked in there by some of that spicy six foot three clinch in there. Those knees were landing hard on Win, and uh, Win was really using his boxing well, going to the body and head really well, throwing with power. It's hacky, I know, comparing everyone to Mike Tyson, but Darian Wynn with his stature and being that much smaller, it just reminded me at times some of his combinations from uh, his body to the head and spicy ate almost all of those shots and then going into that third round, well, I guess first round, Darian Wynn eked it out, it was pretty close, uh, hurt spicy in the second round, Darian went through 70 punches in the second round and that landed he threw more than that but either way it was um you could see him gassing dramatically and then in the third round spicy was definitely coming back spicy there was times where he went to the ground or got on the ground and win didn't even want to follow him there what i took away from this fight overall was it was really exciting it was really fun but darian win this is somebody that i am gonna have to bet against moving forward Eric Spicy came in on 10 days notice and had to lose 22 pounds. He just had won a fight over two months ago. There was just a lot of intangibles where a 300 plus minus 300 favorite Darian Wynn should have got a knockout and he was hitting him with the Who kitchen sink. Who was he sink. supposed to fight before Spicely though? Because Spicely is such a specialist. That would really make your game plan a little more tentative. If you're normally a wrestler, you're not going to go in with that wrestling heavy game plan if you're going against a long jiu-jitsu master. You know what I mean? Like, it would stutter your game plan in a way where I like, I know what you're saying about Spicely's kind of like a worn out dog. So if you just went to decision with him, but to be at this weight and like lay as many punches as you're saying they threw and to be as short as he is with such a tall guy, most guys aren't going to have this kind of discrepancy as Spicely. Um... I thought he, his cardio looked okay for first time out. I disagree with that. I would say that Spicely is pretty average at 185 pounds at 6'3". I don't think that I don't does know uncommon. About that. I think usually 185, like 6'3 is a tall end for it. That is a tall we end. We got 5'11", 145ers. Of course, that's, a, well, let me think, 85ers, I want to say. Weidman, who just moved up to 205. 5'10". He's, he's, no, he's 6'1", 6'2". Rockhold, he's that 5'11", 6 foot for me. Who else is there? Cannoneer. He's like 6'1". He just moved down to 85. I know. 85. I'm just saying. Spicely's a tall 185. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. it. Like, that, everyone's not going to be that that much of a discrepancy. Even though sure. I think Darren Wynn could move down. I didn't mind that his cardio was that good going out. I thought he was in zero danger ever. Really? For, I thought um, he got wobbled there. No, th- no, no. no. I, as far as... Um, Ground game was concerned. Oh, okay. Yeah, good takedown yeah. defense. I thought his hands looked good. I thought his combinations were crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I, the scariest thing is that he did that against Spicely. But I feel like for your first time out to go against a veteran like Spicely, I kind of like him. I, if he's a super heavy favorite just because he's DC's boy, I see what you're saying. Hey, thank like, you. He's not a guy that you should ever pay over nine for, at least for his next few fights. No, but then that's on DraftKings. Um even though he did pay out because he ended up scoring in that 90-point range. That's what I'm saying. He's laying so many so, hands, hands, hands. But that's also against Spicy, who's not a striker. So I'm thinking if he gets in there against a striker and eats those knees and they keep going for him, it's going to be a different fight for win. I liked him, but again, if he's in that two-plus, there's no other fighters he's fighting that are going to be lesser than Spicy to me. 
I think he's I know, at the bottom. It's, it's questionable. You are you're right on with that. You're right on with that. Like it's only harder fights for him, and he had a tough. But don't tough you think it kind of says a little more though that he didn't go out and finish him in thirty seconds? Like we got to see fifteen minutes for a young. That's guy. a good great point, and I'll take like, that. Just for just a little I'll, bit. I'll take that. Just, and I will say with Eric Spicely, uh, Dana White even ended up tweeting out or showing video, being like, "That's how you start off the card, boys." Like he doesn't do that, yeah. but it was a fucking scrap. And good for Spicely, man. That, for he him his to job. be in a scrap. Like, usually we talk shit on him and whatever. Yep. It was. It was a crazy... And, you know, I said part of the fight was boring, and it's just... Because usually they don't start out like this. Usually the, they don't start out with that It slang. was pedal to the metal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we were driving full speed. In the first seconds, so I mean, this, this started off fast and stayed fast. Yeah. It was definitely a profile fight. Get back on that ESPN Plus. Watch that if you guys ended up missing it. It was a fun and one. And for anyone still talking shit about it and can't figure it out and stuff... You guys, welcome to the future. Your cable box is not putting out as clear of a stream anymore as some of these casts are. Or some of the streaming, the apps. It's just like 4K quality, crystal clear. It's just going to be the future. Right. Fire stick, 40 bucks. It'll change your entire cable life. That in the internet. That's all you need. Or your TV probably does it and you're like, I didn't even know it was this smart. (laughs) Why do they have to have that voice? Because I'm Southern. I feel like I'm, I can talk about Southerners. Okay, I like it. Not They are Southern Carolinians. Yanks. <laughs> Yankees. <laughs> so, so, moving on to big favorite, being upset by Meatball Molly McCann herself, Ariana Lipsky, being the big favorite here. McCann came in and she was also moving forward the entire time. Somebody used her pressure really well, used her boxing put Lipsky down multiple times, there's no way Lipsky can ever be a favorite in any other fight she's ever in. And I don't want to take anything away from Molly McCann because she did everything right in there. She actually used a wrestling that she hasn't really had better than she ever has. And she said it wasn't even in her game plan. She was ollie shuffling in there. It was fairly one-sided, 30-27 type of about. Uh, I think Lipsky just at her KS1, the Violence Queen organization where she got this moniker, she was really fighting trash cans, even though they had better records than most. Molly McCann, uh, definitely improving out of most women. Molly McCann looks like she's steadily evolving in her game, and Lipsky isn't, and she's the one at top team. So it's interesting. If I answered you like a newscaster, I'd say, I got to agree with you, Emmanuel. <laughs> I like it. I like I it. just smile. What else? Uh, so with uh, Lipsky, I can't trust for anything. I think the only fight for her next is going to be Priscilla Cachuera. That's it. And if she doesn't, it's time to get on out of here for Lipsky because it's been rough. She's just a deer in headlights every single fight she's been out there. And it really didn't happen before for her. You know what, though? I do. Molly McCann looked so good out there. I feel like I ate my words. She just evolved so much from her last fight but I kind of felt like that immediately when I saw her this time around the second I saw her body it looked like and we go over that here like that first two fights that we see these fighters have in the UFC we get to watch them go from where they trained part-time to train full-time they can afford camps now and they can afford to pay their bills and they can afford to be there and eat well and it looks like Molly McCann has had that kind of uh re- focus on her career like it just oh my gosh I, just, I thought she looked good everywhere in there and in the stand-up where I thought Lipsky was going to keep her at bay with kicks couldn't at all Molly actually went out there and had the better kicks 
Um. <laughs> Actually, there was a point in time where Lipsky threw a kick. It landed, but the right counter lands for Molly McMahon. And went, Every time. And it was actually a knockdown. It actually pretty much made it a 10-8 for there against Lipsky with the takedowns in the last 10 seconds of every round. That's high-level stuff. Oh, yeah, and that brutal type of, um, they were, uh, like, Andrage-level takedowns. Just yeah, she was brutal, strong It was looking takedowns. good in there. The fans really getting into it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we had Meatball funny. being chanted, and she really appreciated it. Ma- Meatball McCann in there has a fun Instagram following. She's always posting training stuff in there. Uh, she's got a really sweet story as well. I believe she has a sister, a stepsister, family and member. And you know who she trains with? With that, if I would have known, I would have been like, how could I ever go against her? Who's that? My girl, JoJo Calderwood. Do they officially train together? I thought I Calderwood was a syndicate in the States. I think they train together. But I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, I thought that's what the boys were saying. The announcers. <laughs> the announcers. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm sure. I'm sure she's definitely gotten some exposure out there after a few fights. Either way, on her Instagram, she has a sister with uh, disabilities or a niece or something. Really sweet story. Either way, tons of fun stuff. She really appreciates the American fans. And we appreciate you, Molly McCann. Meatball, Molly. But definitely a fun prospect coming up in the division Anything else left with either one of these ladies? Who would you give next for Miss Meatball? I don't know if she's high enough to be ranked yet. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Not even close. <laughs> no. Uh, do you end up hearing that much? <laughs> I know. You know, I thought there was an animal choking in the other room. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not. It's not. <laughs> At first, I had to listen. I was like, what is that? Oh, anyways. Sorry, everyone. You know studio space definitely tight out there so one that was quick fast and in a hurry if you're following Emmanuel you ain't making money on this one because god this was a bad read Woo! this was terrible this was absolutely atrocious officially I didn't put it out as a bet because I didn't feel that comfortable with it but I did pick Crowder to win this via TKO round number three but it all took all of nine seconds the second fastest knockout in UFC history <laughs> at heavyweight Todd Duffy only having it against RIP Tim Haig being the only other one but it was a jab to three punches on the ground there's nothing to break down I mean it was the second punch he was knocked out yeah, well, the, the first punch. jab knocked him on his, the ground, and yeah. then the second punch knocked him out on the ground. And then the follow-up three shots. It was clean and crisp, and I know it was only those few punches, but I gotta say, I think Rosenstruck's a dangerous <laughs> man. He's got power. He has uh, 67. I just thought also dead precision, like deadly precision. Oh, fuck. Crowder. Crowder's... But he'd be hard. Like, that's the whole thing that I'm like, what? You can't even... Hardy? Hardy, Greg Hardy. Big deal. But Greg Hardy landed that lunch pail from freaking Saturn, and it ended up just, I mean, it hurt him, but he didn't go out. Punch isn't a professional same, striker's yeah. punch. That's a great point. Um, again, Rosenstruck showing that Muay Thai in there, showing that kickboxing. But I thought Connor could beat Floyd. Look at. <laughs> <laughs> we all evolve here. We all get better. We learn from these type of things. Um, sometimes you got to take a shot on the dog, and that one was wrong for me. But either way, Rosenstruck being a big favorite in there, he showed why. The only get, ended up getting about 104, 103 on DraftKings because his body, to though, down. the same way as Molly McCann, her, I thought his body looked significantly better. I would agree than his first fight. 
by far, by far, and it's only going to get better now that he's going to get exposure to train. He's actually been training over at, uh, I believe, the Armory and here in Florida, so with all those guys as well. So Rosenstruck, at heavyweight, someone to look out for. Crowder, I mean, got to... Get out of here. No, well, he won one. He can't be out of here. He's a heavyweight. Well, he... I don't think it matters how much they win or lose. I think they throw him in against another heavyweight in there. And Probably the Hardy again. And say, oh, here, uh, here's a, a way to get that loss back. And then it looks good on his legacy. And it's an easy win for him. Oh, my gosh. I don't even think he has a legacy. I think we just get... I think from here on out with Hardy, he gets chewed through. He's going to be like CM Punk rolling through from here on out. Unless they feed him somebody like Crowder again. Yeah, I don't know. Because he can't even beat Crowder. <laughs> well, that's why I'm saying. Maybe he... They, uh, he couldn't even finish Crowder. <laughs> so, definitely someone I'm going to have to really back off of. Rosenstruck, fun guy to watch in there. On to... Pena coming in against Matt Wyman. We had Luis Pena being the biggest favorite on DraftKings of the night and really showing up why. Had a lot of sharps coming in on uh, Wyman. He showed a lot of toughness in there. The 36-year-old with that long time over five-year little break he had in there actually gave a good showing for himself. I honestly was surprised that this fight wasn't stopped in the first round. Within the first that filet clinch. fish <laughs> over his eye? Woo! I mean... That, he was an, I'm surprised he isn't anemic after that thing. Like, you got to take a pill for that kind of stuff once a month or something. It was unbelievable how bad of a cut. I think a lot of other organizations with with a proper commission would have been like, nah, dude. Nah, you're good. I liked a lot of what I saw from the judging t- in South Carolina and the commission. I liked a lot of it. I liked a lot of what was going on. I thought this could have been stopped, though, with that cut. But Wyman showed his toughness in there and went... Into the third round with Luis Pena, finally gassed out, but he gave a good telling of himself to an extent. Pena also kind of looked like a monster in there. And against Trezino, he didn't look like a monster. Against his previous opponent, he didn't look like a monster. So am I giving Wyman too much credit or Pena too much credit? I feel like I'm off a little bit. I thought Pena kind of looked from two minutes into the fight. He looked a little winded to me. And like you're saying, I thought the towel could have been thrown in earlier for him. I didn't think Wyman was going anywhere. So it was just like they were letting Pena just like a cat playing with a decapitated lizard. (laughs) Like just toss him (laughs) around the octagon for a little while. Um, It was like Shevchenko in there in that one fight we first saw her in at 125. There was Um, times he looked like a monster, and I'm like, I haven't seen this from you in other fights, so something's off here. I think Pena, something really dangerous, different than the Zabits of the world, different than uh, the other little flash-in-the-pan hot guys, and I keep saying it, but they keep throwing him kind of like, I think he's over-fucking-rated, and I think at this weight class, proves the lack of power he has, especially at 155. I think just batting around this guy for as many times as he did. Like, there was 20 punch combos that the guy didn't swing back, and he couldn't finish it. So is it a testament to the other dude? That's what I keep saying. I keep saying, well, it's Weidman because he didn't tap out. He didn't get out of there. He kept trying to fight. Um, but am I over? Am well, I, I mean, overestimating a that? A dude who hasn't fought for four and a half years. Like, that's, and had two years th- prior to that off. I don't know about that. Agreed. That's why I'm saying I, I'm getting a weird feeling about this. So if he comes in as a big favorite, regardless, against somebody with a little better caliber, the money line's going to be off on Pena, and that's happened before already with his career. So that's something we got to be tentative with. Did you like his new hair? No, I hated it. 
that twisty. I he's gonna start dreading it or something. That's cool, but it didn't look good I don't at this know. stage. I'm just assuming he is. I don't know. Yeah, twisted, all twisted like that. So, yeah, moving forward with this one, Weidman, time to get on out of here, my friend. But I think he knows that. I feel like it looked like that at the end of the fight. Weidman was like, whew, whew, I'm not ready for this young blood. I ain't ready for this young blood. That was a lot. It was a lot. On to, we actually have What's Yoder yeah, you know me. <laughs> versus Kondo. You know I know you want to skip this one because this was a one-sided beating as well. A lot can be said of the last fight to this with Yoder and Kondo. I mean... Yoder looked like a monster. She's never looked like a monster in there. Yeah, she worked on her grappling. She hasn't really used it prior to, but Kondo's been weak on the ground and uh, really didn't get anything going. This was uh, the first 20 or the first 30-24 round I've ever seen in my life. 30-24 yeah. scorecard, I mean. Sorry, not round. For Yoder. For Yoder. So, Kondo, three in a row. Time to get on out of here. I'm going to yeah. get tired of saying that, yeah. but... It's time. I mean... But maybe, you know how I was shitting on this card a little bit, but maybe it's these kind of matches... There were blowouts. ...where I just felt like, stop it. Yeah, this is Bellator type Ugh, shit, guys. Throw in the towel. Like, this is too much. I feel like you're setting up this fight. Like, I don't like what I'm seeing. And it's not because... It's one thing if it's like, whoa, you know, we saw JJ go on her mad tear and she was just... Or Shevchenko. She's going on a mad tear. But even that fight, I felt like, stop it. Stop it. We don't need to Multiple times. We don't need this. So I just, there's a level of like differential and talent that I don't. So I agree with you. Get on out of here. Definitely for Kondo. Yep. And, and again, if Yoder comes in as a big favorite against anybody else. You're going to uh, make that money bet against her. Thank you very much. Because, that, I mean, the lack of grappling in there for Kondo was atrocious. Definitely something I don't like to see in there at all. This was... That's a 125. Oh. What about Yoder versus Shevchenko? Think of that. <laughs> it would look... The, what what nice. she did to Kondo, yeah. that would happen to Yoder. Immediately. What about Kondo versus Shevchenko? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's... What about if you put Moicano... Or not Moicano, uh, Montano in versus Kondo? Montano won't fight. She Yoder won't take that fight. She won't take fights that she's going to lose. Montana won't take that fight? She won't take fights that she's... Against Kondo. Oh, okay. I think she could fight Yoder, too. I think either of those fights, she might... Actually, that's probably a good one, but... Montana would probably... We haven't seen her fight since she won the belt off of the series and hasn't fought again. No, I think she needs to fight. I agree. She needs to fight. Who's next? Who's next? Now we have Dan Ige profiling against Aguilar... Kevin Aguilar, this was a fight of the night contender as well. We were split here at Lat B, rightly so. Both of these guys have ton of attributes. We told you guys, both of these guys are legit, and they're going to see each other later on. It was, I mean, Ige's striking looked better than it has been, but it's been steadily evolving on the ground. We saw that Ige was better. Um, Aguilar still represented himself well, but... I really felt it was Ige in control of most of this fight. Aguilar was more on the back foot and uh, countering. And every once in a while, he got a little things going. But really, it was Ige dictating the entire fight. And Ige was the underdog I had on most of my cards. Nice. Like my cheap fighter. That So it was really nice. He was a really good score. Plus 130 on the week when you got over here at Zoltanite telling you guys, 
This is an underdog that I'm looking to take a shot on, and I did, and it paid off. Definitely had three of those on the night. This one came through in flying colors. Looked like he should have been a favorite in there, but regardless, this is a fight you can go back and watch, and you're going to have fun. This one, if it plays in a bar, you're going to be like, hey, hold on, guys. Watch this fight. Hold on, guys. Check this shit out, because this shit was awesome, awesome, awesome. What do we take away from these guys? Uh... Dane Ige being Ali Abdelaziz's disciple in there. Interesting story had been floating around the week before. The, is he Hawaiian? He is Hawaiian. Moved does he over. fight with Max? Does he train with Max? I don't think he does. He's over in uh, Las Vegas. Different island? Oh, no, Las no. Vegas. He's over in he's Las in Vegas. He's the mainland. I want to say Extreme Couture, but he has ties with Ali Abdelaziz. But the story that was floating around is uh, the fighter... That got caught. There was a fighter or two that got caught with ostracine, and the person that signed for the package was Dan Ige. And that's mm. been official. So take that for what it's worth. It's floating out there. I'm just oh, telling you. Oh, speaking of fighters getting busted. Please. Who got busted again? We had Sean O'Malley himself popping again on ostracine, but we said this a long time ago. We're like, okay, if John Jones is pulsing, why isn't anyone else? Here we go. We got the, the other first one that's supposedly pulsing as well. It's going to be Sean O'Malley. The biggest fallout from that for me is all of a sudden I lost a plus 130 underdog in Cheeto Vera. Because you know I have motherfucking money on Cheeto. I Chito. have Cheeto as well. Hell no, you know I got money on Cheeto Vera. So that's garbage. You know O'Malley don't want any of that heat. He don't want none of that fire. He don't want none of them flaming Cheetos. Well, I think it'll all be clarified soon. I think, or I don't think he's going to be suspended or anything once they prove that. No, you guys, look at he's temporarily whatever because he's pulsing for something that we already knew about that was in his system before, and he already served his time for it. Blackity blackity blue, the John Jones thing. Are you buying it? Because I feel like I might be buying it. The reason I feel I'm like buying I'm on it, board of the Pico train. The reason I'm buying it with O'Malley and other guys like this is because he pulled himself before he gets it out before anyone else. He's like, hey, they're about to flag me, but it's also good PI. It's good marketing. You get ahead of it, and that way you don't look like as big of a dirtbag. You're just like, all right, whatever. We'll figure it out. I'll have to. They're gonna suspend me anyway, so we're gonna figure it out, guys. But do you think Cheetos should stay on that car? Well. I guess, yeah, I'm buying it a bit. What do you think for Cheeto? He's going to stay on that card. He needs to get paid. Uh, anyone that you anyone that you put in the octagon with Cheeto, that's a fight. That's a good fight. And what are they at the 145 or 135? 135. 145? Sugar? I think Sugar Sean? I think they're 135. I think Zabit's 145. I think you're right. Asian Sensation is at 35 because that's where they fought. 35. So Cheeto, 135. They got to fill a card. Who do we have sitting on the bench that can fill that card? 35. Oof. Isn't was that a two three nine that that bat was gonna be at? Oh, that's a damn that's, shame. Yeah, that's like two and a half weeks away. So there's time. There's still time. And I mean, this news already favor, dropped. Favor versus Cheeto. <laughs> uh, they have Ricky Simone. Versus Interesting. Favor. That's the favor fight. That so. is, I mean, meh type of a fight. So. Back to Ige Aguilar. I don't think either guy really loses too much here. If anything, it puts Aguilar back into that underdog range where I'm like, okay, because guess what? I'm going to be betting on Aguilar against a lot of other fighters. I just think Ige's looking that good. I agree. So... 
fun one there in that one. If you're not following LatV, you're not making any money. You know you got to like and subscribe. Hit that bell notification button if you're following us on YouTube. But we got a LatV underscore MMA on Instagram that's been blowing up for a while. You can always follow me at Zoltanite. You know you got at Weakneck Baby over here dropping all the hot info. If you're like us and you like to take a shower every once in a while, you're using the best soap out there. And that's Lather & Co. Lather & Company is the best one stuff I have in my soap collection right now. I'm using it daily. Yeah, I wash myself daily. I feel like it's common practice. <laughs> Everybody should do it. You put a crown on your picks. On Lipsky, you made a shit pick and you might need some latherandcompany.com and use the code LATV15, get 15% off. Order $24 or more. Get free shipping and handling. Latherandcompany.com. That's the booty on that. That is the booty on that. It happens to us all. So, we ended up opening up the main card with a controversial decision in DiCiricchio versus Kevin Holland. This ended up being a really questionable fight IQ by DiCiricchio. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. He, uh, Sirico, uh, I forgot, but it's stuck in my head the way it is now. But regardless, that guy could pick up a radio station from Italy. I mean, those ears were Joe Lozon levels at times. That's all I could think of was gremlins when I was looking at them. It was insane. Um, but either way, this was uh, interesting because DiCiricchio ended up finishing, I believe it was round one, one and two or two and three with takedowns. And Holland hurt his arm right shoulder in the middle of the second round or in the first round and ended up pulling out of its socket during the corner uh the doctor came in and was asking kevin holland what's wrong and he was just like uh what 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 doctor was like can you fight he's like yeah okay and then you heard kevin holland talk to his management into the mic clear as day he's like yeah it came out it came out and so you're like oh shit kevin holland's got a hurt shoulder did you recall? wrestle punch do anything in that third round and all he did is come out and not throw a punch it was unbelievable i mean you cannot you can't bet on dicharicchio i had him as an underdog as well i think he won the fight with those takedowns at the end the volume and strikes for both of them was pretty even holland landed a couple he okay deserved rights. to use that ring i could cue he deserved to lose <laughs> i think they both deserved to, I, well not they both but holland um they both didn't deserve to win i guess like, it was a rough fight. Holland, though, was injured. What was DiCiricchio's excuse? He was mad, but he didn't pull the trigger. So, I can't get behind that. Somebody who's that tentative, especially when it's like... I remember texting you being like, before they announced it, like, that dude hurt his shoulder. He turned away and grabbed his arm. What else do you need, dude? Like, hook up with him. Do something. So, in there, DiCiricchio, I'm going to have to be fading from this point out. I mean... I still am iffy. Holland's got that fight spirit, fight heart. I like what I saw because even as a hurt fighter, he ended up managing to get the win. But it was just, this was not the best fight of the night. And this one will keep being controversial for a little while. I didn't take much away from it, honestly. What did you see? Nothing. Nah. On to the lock of the night. If you're trying to make money, this was a rough one. <laughs> Plus 180, De La Rosa ended up coming in a as an underdog against Angela KGB Lee. KGB looking strong everywhere. I did think that KGB would be the stronger fighter and the better striker, 
but I was hoping that those takedowns were going to really add up. They did towards the end of the third round, but the damage was done before that point. Uh, Rosas was just beat the shit. That jab was landing on stop. That right was coming up and also hitting her hard. De La Rosa getting wobbled a few times in there. I love the shot, the the heart of her, the valiant effort. Like Holland, it showed me that she can be losing a striking battle, but she's not going to curl up and go away in there. She kept trying submissions. In that second and third round, there was times where those arm bars looked a little bit deep and then they weren't, and it was just like, dang it. Um, I still, for the 24-year-old fighter of De La Rosa, she's still getting stronger. She's still getting better. She's not the most athletic. Lee's athleticism did wonders for her there as well as her uh what is that uh actual skill she does have she's a good kickboxer in there there was some funny tweets going around in there they were saying she finally gets to relax at home now that the husband ain't there she's finally got a good training she's camp under her kind of look good and i almost feel like her husband is making me biasedly blind to see her for the fighter that she is and she is progressing and she's getting better and now i feel like this is dangerous you guys I feel like I'm about to jump on the KGB bandwagon, and I think it's too late. I feel like I might be toward the last end of it, and you know what happens? It'll go right off the cliff. Dep so, she, I don't know. I'm still tentative with KGB Lee. I just got the opponent that's an underdog. That's going to make me money on that. Who? Nina Asnarov. Against KGB Lee? Against KGB, but she's ranked, and Lee isn't, so. Oh, I think KGB Lee would pick her apart. Give me underdog. Oh, not Give. Nina. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Shevchenko's sister. <laughs> oh, she'll eat. She, oh, she'll leave. She, Nina's uh, 115. This is, I Pantera. Think this she'll is leave Pantera alive. This is the 125. Oh, this is 25. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. My bad. My bad. So, 25, though, Shevchenko would get eaten alive, though. That's uh, what I was Pantera thinking. Chef. Pantera would. Yeah. For sure, Pantera for sure. Pantera Chef, yeah. So. Who, so, who would you give Lee at 125? <sighs> I don't know what's next for her, but I think she is getting up to the, like, maybe give her, uh, maybe, no, Betch? Is Betch 125 fighting right now? No, I she was like 35. She down. 35, remember? I Holly thought, Holm. No, but I thought that was, and then she, I thought she also moved down to 125. Uh, like that could have happened. I'm trying to think of other potential. I had another striking one in there. That was a fun one. Who was another striker at 125? It was. It's in that realm. Was Grasso in one twenty five. That's who I was thinking of. Grasso off of a win She's as well. A mad that's, that's exactly. Yeah. And even for that matter, KK. But then for that, I could see KK versus De La Rosa. I mean, you might as well. KK is at one fifteen too. Oh God, dang it! So Grasso just be KK. Oh, maybe Grasso's at 115. Yeah, she's small. She's yeah. short. Damn it, 125. <laughs> hey, it's not Bolivia We don't give a day. Who, <laughs> <laughs> Jessica I? I guess that's the other one in there. She's got Jessica some bites. Jessica taking some time off. <laughs> she's taking time. Uh, well, hopefully, she's taking some time yeah. off in there. So, definitely uh, good stuff from both ladies in there. Rosa's got some growing to do. Moving on to... Ewell, what was it? I keep saying Ewell, and that's the wrong well. Ewell, Ewell. Andre Ewell came yeah. in against Anderson Dos Santos. Ewell ended up showing his length, showing that he was a better striker in there all the way around. Dos Santos being the grappling guy, trying to get it there, but Ewell really showing that length in his reach. I mean, he had 
some of the longest arms I've seen in there in a while, but he was really using his length well. It was uh, really at the end of his punches and kicks, throwing that front kick up the middle. Amongst the fun night of fights, this one kind of lingered in there a little bit for me. <laughs> it ended up staying in the back. It was just nothing really took away from it. You will be in a minus 300 opening dog that went to a minus 115 pick'em and it turning into a closer decision than it should have been. Uh, you will someone that I don't think is on a bigger trajectory as a lot of people. He looked better than he should have, but who's Santos in there as well? I mean, Santos really couldn't get the striking going. His biggest attribute in that fight was his mustache. So what did you end up taking away from that fight? Mr. Highlight? Um, they both guys went into bang. It was an exciting enough fight. Uh, it was weird placement, in my opinion, that this was the one they decided to move up onto the main card out of all the other fights that they could have. Totally agree. Um, so I was more surprised at that, and good for this kid for making all he could out of the moment on ESPN that he didn't deserve yet. So being a name like Mr. Highlight, and you ha- you kind of have to go in and do something, but both guys did seem like they were trying to be weird. Sure. Great point, by the way. This was the opening bout of the night. This is our stay away. This is the one we told you guys because we don't do a a right before the fight. But we told you guys to stay away from this one. And it would have worked out as far as DraftKings. I did stay away. I did. I didn't put this anywhere and it did not. By the way, on DraftKings, I didn't break even this week. I cashed on a few cards, but rough showing for me. Crowder ended up really stifling a couple of those bats for me in there. But there was a lot of high scores. I didn't either. I did not break even either this week. I ended up in the um, red, in the neg, and uh, homegirl, Della Rosa is what she De- De Rosa was the one for me who also, on top of Crowder. But fortunately... But I'm, I'm glad, you know, I put my money where my mouth was, and I'm glad for you guys that um, it cost me too. So if you played her, I apologize. <laughs> so, it's all good in there. Luckily for you and all and of us... KGB Lee, it was exactly the opposite. Like, KGB w- went out and laid punches points, down on points, her. Points, points. <laughs> Fortunately for all of us, we got eight weeks in a row ahead to be able Ooh. to make that money back. So, What's you're going to be week? getting... A consistent diet of Lat B. You better be tuned in. Next, we have Dos Santos versus Naganu. We also have a ton of other fun fights starting up for that. I got an underdog already that I'm itching. I'm already itching to put out there. I got ants in my pants. Woo! Uh, I guess you have to be following. (laughs) You got to subscribe. But it'll be coming out here shortly, that free bet, because I think it's going to be bet down by the time we get there. On to the co-main event, though. We ended up having a showcase fight for Randy Rude Boy Brown coming in here and showing off against Brian Bam Bam Barberina at 170 pounds. Rude Boy showing that length as well, showing that he knew how to keep people at the end of his punches, keeping Bam Bam out of the inside. And uh, I hate to say that we were spot on. I was on Randy Brown yeah, and switched on the show just because of the tenureness. But one of my biggest factors of not wanting to go with Barbarina was because he was in a fight that'll change your life literally four did. months ago. And it showed it in this did. fight. It showed in this fight. I text you, is it weird that I'm still not feeling high on Randy Brown? I just feel like Brian Barberina's washed. But you said it on air. You're like, he was in a fight that changes your trajectory. He was like, those fights take years off your life. 100%. Especially with four months, you were out. Especially your UFC life. 
Right, exactly, which is a lot shorter than regular life, hopefully. Hopefully. And he looked good at weigh-ins momentarily, and he did not look good. The second he walked into the octagon, I did not feel good about it. I felt like uh, Randy Brown put on the right water weight. His body looked good. He looked crisp. Um, it, Randy Brown looked like the Virgin, like Luis Pena actually looked like he was worn out to me in there. Like he didn't look healthy. Whereas I felt like Randy Brown, like it was the best version I ever seen. I agree Randy with Brown. that. But he did take an entire year off after that Nico Price uh, loss, which again, we're like, hey, you get knocked out like that. It means something's weirds going on. Take six months, eight months, a full year, even better. It showed in this fight. But again, Brown really t- took a big step as far as striking in there. He really looked all the way around better. Who do you give him next? For Randy Brown at 170 pounds. I don't really know. They're ranked. It was a big step up for him, right? It, it was a big step up for him there. Big underdog. He said 170. Hmm. And you start to get to those Luke guys. And that's um, exactly where I was started. That was where I was looking, right in those that's type who, of people. He already had that fight, right? He fought Luke already. Brown right? did Randy not. Brown? No, Barbarina just did. Oh, the Randy Brown Luke. That's it. That's a fight. Unless Luke is far ahead of that. I was thinking Luke might be a little more ranked than that. He kind of is far ahead of that. Like but who's in that range around Luke? Who's right above and below him is where I was looking 70. at. Randy Brown. I mean, if he's ready to do it and start taking fights, he doesn't have to, though. You know, when you say somebody who's on a losing streak, that it's like Stephen, Stephen Wonderboy. Like put over against Randy Brown. But I just think right? Wonderboy like is that. in a super fight era that he can fight just big names now. Interesting. He's he never got the belt though. I know. He but just he's likable. Like, he got that Van Houston behind his belt. Yeah. <laughs> so does TJ. So does uh, Wyman, I believe, as well. So. Handsome. And definitely, um, I like that though. I like that Thompson fight for Brandy Brown. But I again, it's gonna. I feel like it's gonna be harder for ranked guys to give Brown that shot more than anything. So. Fun one in there, definitely. Looking forward, Barbarina, take a step back, take away a break in there. You yeah, oh, and it was weird because they were talking about Brian Barbarina on his way in with um, just how, how he was saying how many more years he has a fight left in him. And I was like, huh, I was thinking like one or two for Brian Barbarina left. I didn't think years and years of fight. So, so before we get into the main event, the quick one that it was, we got it. How do you feel about the announcers? I I did not like it. Who were they? Bisping did a good job. It was Bisping and Paul some... Felder did a good job. There was some stranger on the table that I'm like, who is this cat? He's the John Anik. He's not the color. He was the, the other one. They did okay. It was iffy at times. I don't know if I really listened to it much. I guess I turned it down more than I thought and just talked my way through it. So that's got to say something in there. <laughs> you announced for yourself. Ah, you might know that's true. Sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I do all the time. Hey, but then I usually get Joe Rogan or Cormier 10 seconds behind me like, oh, that body shot was good. It's like, yeah, foo. I saw that. (laughs) So the main event ended up coming in quick, coming in hot. We had Chan Sung Jung, the Korean Sami, coming in against Henato Moikano, the young prospect. I mean, the zombie ate him alive in there. It took a whole minute, and it was an overhand counter, right? That just, I mean, put him in a coffin. <laughs> Moicano lasted a bit in there, but, I mean, he was it was reflexes. That shot would have put anybody down. Moicano tried to ga- gather himself, but it was just Jung initially moving directly into full mount, 
and landing ground and pound. I mean, had Jung everywhere. Was telling you guys to pick Jung. I don't, I don't know if we can take much from this. Moicano's coming off of two knockouts in a row. He's never really showed a bad, bad chin, but this this is one's close. How long did he have since that Aldo fight? I think it was six to eight months. Oh, that seems like it was so close. Four months, maybe. Maybe, maybe it was shorter than that. Um, so that falls into our category if it was, but I don't know if we can really take tons away from Jung as well. He did take a long break. He took... About six to eight months, I, I feel like. Dis- I thought his body looked so on point. He looked like he had a fresh new haircut. He's training in the States I'm, now. Right. Um, which, you know what we were saying. Like, how I think I even talk shit about how much, how far is he going to go? He's training. He's not in the United States. And I even think I felt like I talked shit about if I would have known he was in the United States. I, I just feel like he looked like a different fighter in there. I mean, every not a different fighter. Everything good about himself and improved, like an improved fighter. I think he's a scary, scary man in the division. And I can't wait to watch him fight Jose Aldo. Korean that, that, Zombie versus Jose Aldo? Are that, you kidding? Great. Hasn't that already happened? I don't know. but I, not, not where I, I want to see it again if it has. Yeah, I feel like it might have happened. Then again, I might be being racist. So <laughs> It could have been another zombie. Uh, yeah, from it, it could have been another Korean. Duho <laughs> Choi. So, but uh, it was definitely showcase, showcase fight. And I wish we could say, I could say, and that was it. That was the night. That ended up at 10 p.m. It was quick, fast. My, my sh- I took my shot. I made my bets. I ended up cashing two of three free bets. That's plus money you're making here at Labby. That wasn't even it. We ended up having our presence great, our presence graced by the goat himself coming through. He did it for me. He did it for you. He did it for MMA. <laughs> Artemobov came through. Beating Polly Malinaji and one of the cringiest things we've seen in a long time. BKB showing out. Saw some ratings talk out there. Bare Knuckle Boxing beat Bellator and UFC as far as ratings. Oh, wow. But this was also, I don't know how they gauged it if it was subscription based or actually aired because they actually have TV contracts where BKB is was only streaming and or in person. So little interesting on those. I know a lot of my feed was blowing up on it, but it was because I'm used to having these UFC cards go till 1 a.m. So when it's 10 p.m., I'm just like, oh, shit, I got a couple more hours that my like, body's used to I it. Could go to the, like, I could go to the bar right now. Yeah, 100%. I was, like, amped out of my brain with nothing left to do with myself. Because your body's used to having four hot fire cards. It was a smart on. time for them to put it on for sure. And we talk about that regularly for a lot of combat sports. We're like, base yourself around the UFC, not against it. It doesn't make sense to go against them. So, it, and this is why, I mean, everybody's talking, everybody's talking about it. Artem Lobov is the GOAT for the reason. You think those memes are going away? You fucking crazy. <laughs> There's no way in hell. Artem Lobov is just a man amongst men. <laughs> he is good for him. Pauly Malinaji only got hit once, apparently, but the cuts on his face were unreal. I mean, I know, both guys. Like, I only got hit once. Only once, and he's got a. Whew, you know, I like that bare knuckle boxing has slightly different rules than 
regular boxing. I agree with that. And I kind of, when people were like, what? How come he didn't? But aggression is a point scored. Uh, And um, they're allowed to clinch up for a little longer, I like. Um, What I hated, though, is they kept saying, he's got half a Muay Thai clinch. It's just called the clinch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's just, yeah, yeah, you don't not half. A, and he kept saying it. He's got half that Muay Thai clinch. It's either a full clinch or it's uh, they get you're crazy. But uh, especially in boxing, the rule I liked was no three knockdowns. You can get knocked down as many times as you want. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. It was and, um, good for I your brain. Surprised, maybe that um, Artem won. I don't think so because he, if you're saying yeah they scored a little they different. scored the aggression Artem was the one who that was way holding more the, aggressive the whole time that's and so, I think yeah. it's funny that no one's arguing it I like how the company's kind of being smart at getting behind Artem and um, I saw behind the stadium Conor McGregor sliding money to people the judges. Oh, yes. <laughs> Lappy conspiracy. <laughs> no, but I actually think it's smarter because you're like, stick that guy's ego where his mouth is. There's no way you get that Connor fight now. The only, the best case scenario that you have is a fucking rematch. And so this is the way that bare knuckle gets you, grabs you by the balls. And Pauly kind of has a big name. UFC fans love to hate him. Does he, though? Because now I feel like this was the worst thing that could have happened for Pauly. Um, not only all of the massive shit he talked, he just got beat by Connor's punching bag. Like, I just think MMA fans love to hate Polly. Yes. That he can always go and talk to Chael, talk to Big Brown, talk to these fucking dudes. But and just... in his post fight press, Polly, being the scummiest dirtbag that he is, couldn't say Artem's a good guy. He's just like, a-, a lot of people said I shouldn't have done this, and I shouldn't. They said it was bad class, it was bad taste, and you know, they were probably right. And it's just like, Polly, you fucking piece of shit. Like, God, that guy is, I mean, he's on Henry Cejudo level cringe, but in the bad way. And talking about Henry Cejudo, did you end up seeing him calling out Vasily Lomachenko after this specific BKB bout? Do you think Henry Cejudo, anyone even knows who he is? Do you really think he's like this face of UFC now and everything? Or do you think that's just all... Uh, it's just... Well, did you end up seeing that actual call-out? Because that really happened. No, but I believe that it did. I just am like, I... I don't think he... I, I don't think Cejudo's as big as he thinks he's in his head. Or as big as his head is. His big head? He, he does have a big old... <laughs> he has a big old noggin. But... Does I this... saw a sexy little photo shoot. He did like a sexy photo shoot in a suit. Ooh, naked. And it looks like he has um a big head in that, too. Like a big... Even in a suit. Like, it's not just because he has his, like... No. You know how we Photoshop big heads on little bodies for fun? Yeah, that's his real life. <laughs> that is real, real life in there. But Henry Cejudo... Um, now there's the, all these other MMA guys with this fight. What happens? Because now all these other MMA fighters are like, Artem can beat a boxer at BKB. So could I. Let's go get the money. Like, is I this good or bad? It, to me, it's really great because it makes it so that if you're somebody and you are a Jason Knight even, you can go and build the smallest amount of name for yourself over in the UFC. And if it doesn't work out, there's life after the UFC. I think for a lot of fighters, that used to not be the case. And now there's Bellator and One FC and, and places that people really know, like you could probably go over to One FC and make more money. You might be able to be Artem Lobov now 
know, a less than 50-50 fighter and go over and be able to make six figures right. fighting for, I think that's great. And the fact that you beat Artem might get you a shot in the UFC because they're like, you beat Artem? All right, come on. <laughs> like, for reals. It's interesting, the world we live in now in MMA. The evolution is not even stopped. It's just we're in a crazy pupa stage. We ain't even a butterfly yet, but it's been going for a while now. And at 30 years, we're hard charging. We got easily another 30, if not more. You're going to be spending a lot of time with us. I hope you get used to it because yeah. it's going to be a fun one. It's Dim's Dare to Fight Ages. So thanks for listening once again. And you better make sure you're liking, subscribing, and telling friends because Wednesday, we're breaking down fights. We're Ooh. breaking down fights. Be sure to follow yeah. for those free picks. Yeah, that's it. Thanks again. Let me.